0: to the NXT podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insights. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you So let's get the show started right now. Hey, 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 hey. Oh boy, oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NXT Podcast. Hi, I'm your host. My name is Zachary Smith. Very excited to be here again with you today. We are continuing the trend of. WWE main roster stars that they aren't doing anything with right now coming down to NXT. So that's maybe fun depending on how you feel about who they bring down or boring. It could it could be either. You could have a lot of feelings about it. Maybe we'll talk about it later. That's kind of what we have going on. We have new tag team champions. Obviously, we talked about that. Situation last week—that's what the bulk of the episode was dedicated to. Um, nothing really new on that front, but from a show standpoint, you're in a little bit of a tricky position because, boy, you—you <laughs> you gotta just do some new tag champs and figure it out. Before we get started, oh, on Twitter, I'm at Zach NXT, it's ZachNxt at Z A C H N X T. Almost have forgot to do that. I knew there was something I was forgetting. Collection of stuff that I kind of just find funny on there. We usually talk about kind of what's going on with WWE news-wise. Not a ton at the moment. Feels like WrestleMania was really good, and then not a ton happened after that, and so everybody's kind of relaxing a little bit. Um, but that's fine. Um, So... There was a thing there was an article written about the the thing we talked about last week the n x t folks coming up and their names being changed sometimes slightly, sometimes a lot. Austin theory lost the Austin and kept just the theory and the report goes that um that was a vince mandate or something to that effect that people were not going to use their real names or um indie names that they had built up, and that's i mean whatever change people's names that whatever but it's weird that you let people do it for a while and then all of a sudden don't but i guess it's not even that weird because wwe does it does stuff like this a lot where it's just kind of winging it um the company's kind of built it would seem around the whims of of one man and uh that means that like day-to-day stuff could change very much so like For a while... You know... Use whatever name... We're going to make some exceptions... And then... We're going to keep going like that... And then now it's just... He feels differently about it today... It is weird... To like... Call Raquel Gonzalez... Raquel Gonzalez... The entire time she's in... NXT... Which hypothetically would be the thing... Like the launching point of her WWE superstardom... Or whatever... But then like... She goes to the main roster and she's a different name. Like that's weird that's weird if you know her name because like you know that's not her name. But also if you recognize her from NXT then like you know you know that's not her name and so it's it's a weird disconnect but sometimes they want to do that with their characters. I don't know. You know, they're going to go through sp- in like a couple years they'll forget about it again. And then this will all come back around. It's just kind of—it's a big circle that we all are on. So just remember, it's kind of a circle. I don't know if like we're headed for the brand split of Raw and SmackDown ending. There's a lot of like think piece things. That's a weird term to use for wrestling articles, but a think piece thing on like here's what's good and bad if we merge the the brands. They definitely uh, shouldn't, uh, like, AJ Styles would never have been a champion. I don't think Dean Ambrose would have been for any point in time. I definitely don't think Kofi Kingston or Daniel Bryan the second time would have. They would not have been champions if there's only one champion in a and in a roster that's way too big for one show. It might be too big for two. So, like... I would think, keep the brand split. I mean, they're going to break it. Sometimes they do. That's fine. You know, whatever. They can follow their own rules or not. But I, I just, I hope we keep it. Because I feel like it at least gives the opportunity for people that otherwise wouldn't get it. Because you'd have like, Roman's always number one. Well, then Drew can't be number one over here. So you'd never see him as a number one guy. Kind of thing. But listen, I don't have to worry about all that, you know, because I i get to talk about NXT. You know, I don't have to concern myself with these main roster things. Ain't no brand split over here. We completely changed our show. So it's a ch- uh, brand change. We are new enough. We're like bad enough that the other shows don't really associate with us anymore. And that's fine, dude. We wanted that. So listen, Cameron Grimes and Solo Sokoa have their match for the uh, North American title. I was super wrong about Cameron Grimes winning that match, that ladder match. I forget who I thought was going to win. I think I thought Grayson Waller was going to win. He didn't. I was super wrong. Um. So Cameron Grimes wins, but then Carmelo Hayes jumps him from behind. They beat him up. So we're still kind of... We're kind of stuck a little bit still with, like, the Cameron Grimes, Carmelo Hayes thing. Like, Solo Sokoa was, like, a part of it in the ladder match, and he was a part of it with Cameron Grimes. But then he just got beat by Cameron Grimes, so it's kind of he's up out of there. Um, I mean, this is is fine. Um, I feel like you're probably not going to take the title off Carmelo Hayes to put it right back on Carmelo Hayes. So I mean I'm fine I mean Cameron Grimes and Carmelo Hayes will have a very good match whenever they have a match. So you know, I figured we would like start with somebody outside of this same circle of people. But these two are are fun. And people don't think about Carmelo Hayes as much as they do Braun Breaker, because Braun Breaker was all of a sudden was the guy and we just went from there with him being the guy but like Carmelo Hayes is going to be a guy too Um, I don't know if maybe once Moran is out of there if they'll kind of see some of that same stuff in Carmelo Hayes I don't have the utmost faith in them bringing one person up much less two but both of those dudes are more than talented enough to make that happen so Carmelo Hayes is a guy and I, maybe with Cameron Grimes he can he can show that. I don't know. I'd like to see him move up a little bit cuz I feel like it's about that time. And it feels like we'll have him lose to Cameron Grimes and maybe we'll go in that direction after. I'm not Hey, I remember I remember telling you guys that Joe AC uh kidnapped Rick Steiner. I do. I remember saying it. Um, but boy, when I, when I saw it again, it was like that information had left my brain. I had to pause it and like remind myself of what was happening here in this story. Cause it kind of comes out of nowhere and it's intense right away. All right. So listen, Ron's really mad at Joe Gacy as you would be if someone kidnapped your dad. And wants to fight him because he's kind of a meathead. And, like, that's how he solves problems. Joe Gacy just has, like, a video. And so that's annoying, right? But um, he says that uh, he kept. It turns out that um, Joe Gacy still has Rick Steiner's um, Hall of Fame ring. um, Before he just kind of dropped it in a fire pit. Um, I have a couple questions. Um did he know he was going to did he know he was going to let him go but like keep the ring so that Braun would come out this week and he could record this video and just send it in for them to play who does he know at NXT that played this video for him um how long is it going to take that fire to do anything to that ring this is me learning that I don't know like, the temperature at which that would become a problem. Because it just kind of feels like you have a hot ring for a second. And, like, if you could get it out, you'd be okay. Um, Listen, when Joe Gacy first came out, I gave them way too much credit and said maybe this character is going to be really good because the foundation of it is is good hey i'm i'm super kind and i'm i have safe spaces and and i am very measured in the way i speak but like every once in a while i'll say something that's like way off the wall which makes the rest of the stuff i do look creepy kind of thing like He was too interested in being a good person so there was probably either he had been a bad person or he's been holding a bad person at bay something. Point is gave him too much credit for a while he was just like this is is a woke guy and this is a bad guy Uh, that was kind of the whole shtick but every once in a while like when he would be in the ring and his opponent would be starting to make their entrance he would like he'd be posing but he would like stay posed for like too long Like, longer than a natural person would. And it, like, creeped you out a little bit because this character is showing you some stuff. And do I have faith in them to do that now that they're trying to do it? I mean, not, like, a lot. But if we're doing, like, an actual, like, problem guy here with Joe Gacy, then, like, that could be fun. That would be different. I'm fine with that, like... Dexter Loomis was a creepy guy at first, but then he kinda he didn't talk and then he kinda did the same stuff over and over. Joe Gase is a really good wrestler. And like this character is built on a solid foundation. You just built a weird color house around it. So like it's not all bad. We could fix it. So maybe we will. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real positive about it, and maybe we will. We're still doing Von Wagner stuff. He beats Ikaminchiro and uh i guess i guess the issue that like i kind of sort of have is that like it seems like four times now or so we've done the like hey hey man von wagner's here and he's a bad dude man and then like and then i don't i don't see him for a couple weeks and then in a couple weeks it's like hey by the way von wagner's here dude bad news dude And that's probably fine for like a, you know, like a first step of a story. But like the, hey, he's bad news, can't be the whole thing, certainly. Right? It's got to be something else there. You guys put this guy in that NXT title Fatal 4-Way, presumably for some reason. And I I would like to see why, I think, would probably be good. Mandy Rose beat Dakota Kai. She is still the NXT women's champion. There was some discussion about Dakota Kai being the best woman that has wrestled in the NXT but not won the uh, women's title. I feel like some people were coming back with Ember Moon. Um I'm I'm not sure who else you'd put in there. Yeah, she's had like a longer than you think it was run in NXT and like is like Champa gets talked about as like a vet like a like a like a old dog teaching the new dogs tricks but like Dakota Kai's been been there through like several different regimes and positions for her stories and her importance to the stories they're telling She's kind of been through everything, too. And I don't know if this this is... I mean, you usually lose on your way out of NXT. Um, Listen, is Dakota Kai talented enough to be a really good main roster performer? Absolutely. Am I confident that I can tell you that they're going to see her that way? No. Sometimes... They see somebody differently than we all do, and that's just how they're going to be. And it seems like thus far, they think Dakota Kai is good, not great, Like just based on the level of continuous effort on stories involving her. But she's kind of made the best of whatever she's been given. Even this last thing where she was like, she was like almost turning into The Undertaker, but it was like day two of turning into The Undertaker. She was just like a weird zombie thing. Like that wasn't good, but she was good at it because she's, it's a cool thing about her. is she's can be like a complete comedic buffoon, or you can have a video vignette of her and Raquel Gonzalez and... Dakota Kai's carrying that on her back like she can do both Seth Rollins said the good thing about his character is that you can have him in any position now I don't know if they're ever going to see her this way but Dakota Kai is very similar in her Swiss army knife of performer kind of situation so like if that was her last match thank you because obviously she's listening right but also, I I hope it, whether it's the main roster or wherever it is that you find the success that your talent deserves. So Corjade's back. They, I don't think we've seen her since Stand and Deliver. Um, blah blah blah. Corjade wants to be the best and wants to like be up there with people who broke barriers, and and then Natalia showed up. Um. And like Core Jade was really excited, cause she said like, "Oh, you were one of my favorites growing up." And then Natalia enjoys it for a second, and then and then Natalia just attacks her, uh, and puts her in the sharpshooter. Uh, referees end up separating them. So a few things, obviously. Um, Core Jade is like is like a, like, I feel like they know she has superstar potential, but they don't know specifically what about her yet, so it's kind of like she's a, she's a little bit of a blank slate of a character until we like fully figure out what we're doing here, so like we're keeping her around and at a certain level and TV exposure and so on and so forth, but also not putting her in positions where like she's one-on-one for the main women's title and it's like the headliner of the midpoint of a pay-per-view like it's not all that yet and here's the thing natalia's here i have i have no doubt that there is some truth to natalia being one of core jade's favorites natalia is an excellent wrestler and anytime you need to have a good match And you need it to at least be good and maybe be better. You can put Natalia in there. And as long as it's not a mop, you can get some good results. I, personally, have always thought Natalia's characters were very boring. And didn't watch a lot of the segments she popped up in. In my defense, they tried to make her as annoying as possible a lot. And I was affected by it. And so, like, this is kind of similar to Dolph Ziggler, right? Like, really, 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 really good worker who either isn't, like, the full 10 out of 10 on the superstar part of it Or, like, we don't have ideas for right now. Like, we'll send them down to NXT. Because there is some credibility to... Whoa, that's this person from Raw or this person from SmackDown, right? There's something to that. Especially if you believe the audiences are, you know, completely different. But... It doesn't... It's not like... Like, if Bianca Belair showed up back in NXT, like, that'd be like, whoa, but Natalia's not. So, seems to be the kind of move that you make when, like, hey, we're not doing something right now with somebody. Why don't we have them go down there and work with NXT 2.0 kids and learn from the best workers? And if that's the plan, if that's why they're doing this and, like, while you're down in NXT, you're like helping people and passing on what you know. That's awesome. If I were going to learn about wrestling, Dolph Ziggler and Natalya would be excellent teachers. If that's what we're doing all of this for, then I love that, and please keep doing that forever, because that's a cool variation of it's not always NXT to main roster. Sometimes it's main roster to NXT. It gives somebody who's in catering something to do lets people learn lets people teach i love it i love it this was all right so listen we don't have tag team champions because we don't and so shut up we're having a gauntlet match with the tag teams and like your first thought right would be understandable it would probably be well The Creed Brothers were, like, presumed favorites to win that match, I think. I think I said they would win, which doesn't mean anything. But everything I heard and saw, like, led me to believe that, like, the Creed Brothers are going to be something here. And, like, that would have been the time, right? But you didn't. And so traditional thinking would have told me that that means that the creed brothers who were presumably the next most popular choice would now have the tag team titles and would go through this gauntlet but they might have gotten something better out of it because they they run through this whole gauntlet so legato del fantasma josh briggs and brooks jensen um grayson waller and sanga and then we get to the last team and it's pretty deadly So, by this point, obviously, the Curry brothers are exhausted. They just went through so many teams. And, like, I imagine coordinating that many tag team matches with four people is trickier in some ways than coordinating the match to one person in a one-on-one match. So... Creed Brothers have to at least have a rough idea of what we're doing out there for all of these matches, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. But, like, remember to do the things you know you need to do in order to have a, a good match so it's also, like, believable. And the Creed Brothers are young, and they're new to NXT, but they're also very good. They have a lot of really good qualities, and... They have a star power to them. And then they ran this gauntlet. And they lose to Pretty Deadly. So. In a way. I think. The Kree brothers get more out of this. Than if they won the tag titles. And I've just come to that conclusion as I've said it out loud. But. If the Kree brothers just win the titles here, then there wasn't a huge struggle. Like, you went through the Dusty Classic, but there wasn't this, like, huge struggle for you to get here. You were just kind of here in Diamond Mine all of a sudden, and then you were just kind of here. But if you run a gauntlet, like, since... Kofi Mania was started by a uh, by a gauntlet match that Kofi was in on a random SmackDown. Every once in a while, WWE will break out this gauntlet, like Seth Rollins has done it. The Cree brothers have now done it. I'm sure they've done it a few times. Where you have a team, whether they're good guys or bad guys, they're probably gonna be good guys soon. They. Enter first into a gauntlet. They make it all the way to the end. And then you have... You know... Your bad guys uh, beat them. Because they're exhausted. And they cheat to win. And you know... So... This is probably really good. For them. Because now... I know they're going to be NXT Tag Team Champions. And like there's... There's the potential for a really cool story. And, like, WWE isn't super into, like, old-school wrestling tropes, I don't think. But the story of, like, you know, we were right here, we should have been champions, and then it was taken away... And then we run through this gauntlet of other teams to prove we're the best. And then we lose it at the last second. And then we go on the warpath and get all the way to the hated team and beat them for the titles. Those kind of stories tend to tend to work pretty well. They tend to resonate with the audience because it's like it's a relatable kind of hero's journey-ish story around to the point and. That would then mean that they have a lot of faith in the Creed Brothers because this is a pretty big thing. Like, pretty deadly wins so pretty deadly can be annoying so it's a bigger deal when the Creed Brothers win the title. Now, that would be like traditional wrestling thinking and I don't... Often I find that WWE doesn't think like that. So maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think you put the tag team gauntlet on, you know, your main event. You you give it all of the time it would need to main event. You have the Kree brothers going first, you have them last till the end, and then you have an annoyingly named team that snatches it from you at the last second. This seems like a layup to me, but I am sure that I am wrong just about as much as I'm right, probably about even not sure probably should have kept track I'm just realizing but it's you know too late now I just it that feels like what we're doing and if that's what we're doing then awesome because that would be a really good story and I hope they tell more stories like that where it's a little bit longer and it's you know there's an actual story it's not the it's not the way WWE always sets up fights but it's the way that like sometimes fights would start if you're In wrestling, or you're a fan of wrestling. I dig it. So, we don't know a ton about what our boy Braun Breaker's doing. Uh, We don't know a ton about what Dolph Ziggler's doing. Feels like he might be done. I mean, I don't know what else he would do. Um, So, presumably, he'll be back next week and we'll see who his next opponent's going to be. This is going to be a weird title rain for him because he like he won it on Raw and then he's not back in NXT but he will be probably next week. But then like we all know he's gonna be back on Raw or SmackDown or wherever. So now it's just a weird game of like how long is our champion gonna like be on this show. And in the grand scheme of things, I understand it's NXT. It's not particularly important They could just kind of make it fit. But that's going to be weird for those of us that watch this show to, like, constantly be like, Oh, is our champion, like, going to debut on a Monday Night Raw and then just be out of here? Because that's happened a few times. So we got, you know, we got an interesting situation with our top champion, and it's fine. Our North American champion Cameron Grimes. Boy, remember when I was super wrong about that? I was super wrong about that. It's going with Carmelo Hayes. That'll be a fun match, and then I hope they don't wrestle each other for a while, because I feel like I've seen them together a lot. The Cree brothers are gonna work their way up to Pretty Deadly here, and Pretty Deadly's gonna be just insufferable until they do. I don't know who Mandy Rose or Toxic Attractions fighting next. Probably some combination of Core Jade and some of Cora Jade's friends, probably. We got at least the foundation for some really good matches and stories. Now, we might not hit on all of them. That's fine. You're not going to hit on all of them. You know, you throw a bunch of stuff at the wall. But WrestleMania reminded me a little bit that WWE has the capacity to do this every once in a while. It's easy when the show's are like not going well creatively to forget that like this company has the ability to to tell really good stories and be really entertaining and silly in the perfect way. And so it kind of reinforces your belief that they should be at least better all the time. But it's got me in a more positive attitude. And you know the the live events usually have really good matches. I'm excited to see what a few new champions here will do. And I'm excited to see how we get Corey Jade to up to beating Mandy Rose level. But listen, let me know what you think. I'm on Twitter one more time at ZachNXT at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. That is it for the show. So that is it for me for this week. In the meantime, I've been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic as always, and thank you for listening.